Hey guys, it's your host, Seth Goldstein, with Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. And I have a very juicy, important announcement. Ever wonder how cool and refreshing it would be to hear your own voice on iTunes? Your podcast made at a touch of a button? If you haven't heard about Anchor, you are totally missing out. It's the most easiest way to make a podcast super practical, and best part of all, it's free. It even has creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone on the go or computer in the comfort of your own home, guys. What's even better, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with minimum listenership. It's really that easy. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. What are you waiting for? Download your free Anchor app or simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Until next time, thank you. Goodbye. And go and Seth Goldstein each week bringing you a new Juicy Diva, Confessions of a Limo Driver. It is my distinct pleasure this evening to bring about a wonderful, awesome artist. Very colorful. She's fantastic. She's coined... Um, the phrase or or the genre, if you will, salsa soul. Give it up for the queen of salsa soul, if we may, Tachita Lopez. Hey, Tachita, how are you? I'm doing good, babe. How about you? Fantastic. Couldn't be doing better having you on. Holy cow. It's it's great. I mean, because you bring on this whole other like just spirit of music and 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 you know, wonderful things. Um, I've never had a, a musical talent, you know, of your genre on on our show. So yeah, we're pretty thrilled and stoked to have you on. I am that diamond. <laughs> <laughs> and did Most you just call me? So. And did you just call me a cow? <laughs> no, I said <laughs> holy cow. We have Tachita. I call you a, a cheetah. Tachita Lopez. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I, I, um, you know, it, it's funny because, um, you know, every once in a while you'll, you'll come across a person that embodies just a wonderful, you know, elements of beauty and, and, and just, uh, class, you know, and you're this classy person, uh, musician in every sense of the word. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty taken aback to have you on tonight. Um, I wanted to start obviously from the beginning, your humble beginning, you started uh, singing in like what, in like uh, preschool or in diapers or? <laughs> uh, pretty much. Well, actually, I uh, I started singing. Um, first of all, I don't, no one ever, no one knows where I got my singing capabilities. So, you know, the stories that a lot of people say, oh, you know, I got it from my grandma, my grandpa, you know, whatever. And of course, you know, you, you always hear the typical Latina singing, you know, whatever. My grandmother uh, Lupe on my father's side, she liked uh, singing, what was it, I used to call them, uh, um, Trios? Uh, no, 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 she used to sing in church, there was okay. a word that they used, um, hymns, yeah, in church, but, you know, grandma, she sang, but, you know, she just sang like the regular, you know, grandmas did, you know, not this uh, astronomical voice or anything, she just loved singing, but yeah. as for anybody professional singers we don't have any at all on either side of the family so wow i used to just listen to my grandma sing you know so i found myself 
um, I guess, I don't know, I'm just trying to think, singing Life Her. And I remember one time I was five years old, I was in the back of my, um, my Tia's Pinto. And she says to me, I'm singing, right? And she says to me, if you're not going to sing right, don't sing at all. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this epitome of reality, like, if I'm not going to sing right, don't sing at all. She says, don't be yelling. So that is when I started literally listening to the music and started singing. And before you know it, it started off with Mary had a little lamb and twinkle, twinkle, little star. And and before you know, it, people are like, oh, my God, she knows how to sing. Right. And yeah. so that's how all that started. And of course, you know, when I as I was when I was old enough to join little choir and stuff and, you know, did a little singing contest and eighth sure. grade and high school and then bands and it just went on and on and never stopped. Fantastic. And, um, and so, so when does Barbara, I, cause I know I heard, I've heard you talk about Barbara Streisand. When did, when did that all start? You know, Barbara Streisand, uh, I grew up, uh, on my mother. She was, my mother was a Caucasian Spaniard uh, Italian, and my father was a uh, Mexican Spaniard uh, and uh, also Aztec Indian. Um, so on my mother's side of the family, um, I would always, we, they'd listen to American Bandstand. Right. And when we went over to my father's side of the family, they were always listening to Soul Train, right? So... <laughs> Um, I always, well, my mother, I always listened to, you know, Ricky Nelson, Barbara Streisand, um, yeah, Elvis Presley, the Beach Boys, you know, and um, I, I just grew fond of Barbara Streisand, obviously. And then on my, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, the Chicano, Chicano power side, then of course you have Marvin Gaye, Al Green, Tierra, uh, uh, El Chicano, Malo, um, you know, those sides. So, power of power. <laughs> yeah. So my, my spectrum of music just, just, it's all, it's everywhere. And then of course, yeah. you know, also the Mexican side of my family, uh, Vicente Fernandez, Luis Miguel, you know, so the, it, it, there was a lot going on in my head. So it was like, it was like, uh, if you could think of a little brain, just like, wow, here, there, but you know, when I grew up, I always would hear the music always in an uptone salsa. And, and in my family, salsa wasn't something that they listened to because we don't have Puerto Ricanos, Cubanos, you know, so we would hear cumbias, corridos, um, right. uh, you know, Tejano music back then, sure. mostly, yeah, but never salsa, but I always heard it in my head, you know. So um, as for me having like my favorite type of music, obviously I love classic rock and I love uh, classic R&B. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I heard, I heard, I heard that. And absolutely. I mean, you and I, you know, we have um, on multi-levels, do we have things in common? Because I like a lot of rock and roll. I grew up listening to a lot of rock music and metal and um, on my father's side, you know, a lot of Tex-Mex. I like, like like little Joey La Familia, like uh, mm -hmm. Ramon Ayala, like, you know, uh, Pedro Infante, of course. And and now, you know, I listen to Lupita, his granddaughter, who's a, an excellent singer. 
lives out here in Los Angeles. She's from, I think, Downey. Um, and I love all that, you know. So it's great to have a palette of music, if you will, because I, like you, I love salsa. And I didn't grow up listening to salsa. I was turned on to it by a friend of mine um, who lived nearby. And also the Blast brothers, right, Johnny and Edwin Blast. Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about earlier who were in salseros. And, and actually, they did a little bit of everything because they played with other other genres, but that's how I got introduced. And, and I fell in love immediately with that. But you, you, you did something fantastic and how you made like a kind of a fusion, if you will, of salsa and soul. Tell us about how that came about. Well, you know, it, it was actually, like I said, ever since I was a little girl, I've always heard all the boleros a little bit faster. I always liked them with a faster beat. Little did I know back then it was actually cumbia, what I was listening to. And then as, um, as I got older and came to uh, in 1998, when I came to Southern California, San Diego, um, I started, you know, uh, listening to more salsa. And that's when I discovered, um, uh, what is it, Ruben, um, not Ruben Blades. Blades. No, not Ruben Blades. Tito, Tito Nieves. Tito Nieves. Tito Nieves. Uh -huh. And Tito great, Nieves, great he's, yeah, he's actually the one that broke out with that... Uh, uh, you know, that salsa, uh, uh, salsa, soul kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, so that, he pioneered that, we would say. He, yeah, because, you know, I remember when he did that, I'll always love you, you know. And, okay. Uh, he, so I didn't did know that. I didn't know that was him, actually. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. For the rest wow. of my days, you know, it was a really yeah. good song. He did, uh, he took, he took ordinary songs. Uh, like that and of course um, I like it like that hey baby I like it like that you know and I thought I you like know it like that. Mm -hmm. and then he did um, um, what is it uh, don't stop the music from playing uh, but he oh, changed sure. yeah he changed a lot of stuff into salsa they were still pretty much the same way but he put in a salsa beat to it you know a salsa tune to it um, and that's where that that came up came about me liking that and I'm you know well you know what I I can take the R&B that I like and turn it into salsa English I uh, I grew up speaking uh primarily just English that's my first language because I was born here in the right. United States and um so I was very always very insecure uh just like Selena um, uh, Selena was very insecure. Actually, you know, look, <clears throat> listening to Selena's story, <clears throat> it reminds me a lot about uh, how I, you know, I was brought up. We were taught that, you know, don't speak Spanish here. We were in the United States. You learn your primary language. We were brought up in the Chicano community. And then a lot of Chicanos don't know Spanish, you know. No. Then um, we were uh, made fun of. Well, we don't know how to speak Spanish. And I would get a little bit of both, you know. So we're not Mexican enough, right? right. And we're not like, white mm. enough, you know. So right. um, um, so my, my Spanish at that time wasn't very good. Um, so mm. that's why I said, you know, if I can do Latin music, Latin infused music, and just and sure. Just so that's when I learned about Tito Nieves. And then I learned about um, uh, the Fania All-Stars, you know? Okay. So, um, and if you, have you ever watched that movie, El Cantante? No, I haven't. 
Okay. I, I feel I feel horribly bad. I mean, I've had people tell me good things about, and I just haven't gotten around to seeing it. I that's it's on my list, though. I promise you, I will watch it. Yeah, and you have to um, watch that because El Cantante I, with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony is about Hector Lavoe, and that pretty much will say what you'll say what. So the word salsa was actually a made-up word invented like salsa, like el picante que comemos, right? Yeah. And it was a bunch of New Yorkans that did not speak Spanish that met, met wow. Hector Lavoe back in the 60s. And they said, you know what? We want to bring your music from Puerto Rico and Cuban music intertwine with the soul like mix it all together like a salsa and then oh, like yeah wow Let's call it salsa and, and and hector lobo would started speaking spanish to them and i'm like they said hey sorry dude we don't know how to speak spanish where you know we were born and raised here so what happened eventually after the fania all-stars thing went out the door uh, the salseros cubanos puertorriqueños uh, they actually took over and just put everything puro salsa like their own country, their own país, and they actually kind of kicked out the R&B portion like the Fania All-Stars originally tried to do it. But if anybody watches that movie, El Cantante, oh, yeah, that tells you the whole freaking story about how all this began. So what I'm doing is being the queen of salsa soul is I'm just bringing back what Tito Nieves and uh, and um, uh, Johnny Pacheco, uh, th those guys, what they pretty much wanted to start from the beginning. And um, I hate to say it, and, and no offense towards the salseros, but, you know, just like anything, you know, us Chicanos, we're Chicanos and we get, people get upset at us because we just speak English. Well, Eventually, the salseros, not, I can't even say salseros because that was a made up name. Uh, the, the Puerto Ricans and the Cubanos, um, um, they took over the word salsa, salseros, right? But yeah. they forgot to keep the jazz and the RB. I'm like, what the fuck? Right? Yeah. So, uh, but again, El Cantante just, you know, so I figure, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep the soul in in my music and, and 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 every now and then you'll find you know it, the soul kind of coming out but i always end up bringing it back in like a new song that i'm doing right now called in these shoes um in shoe. okay yeah in these shoes it's going to be coming out uh probably in the next uh three months and okay. uh, can you do so a little excerpt of it can you sing a little bit to us just a little taste of what we have in store uh, actually, um, yeah, you should have had me prepare for that one. Hold on. Let's see if I even have it here. No problem. Hey, a question uh, while you're doing that. Art LeBeau, is Art LeBeau, uh, uh, related to Hector LeBeau? No. No. Actually, no, honey, no his name is Art LeBeau, at B-O. Okay. Yeah, and uh -huh. Hector LaVeau is with a V. And actually, That's crazy. Uh -huh. no, no, no. But if you watch the movie, right, mm -hmm. uh, El Cantante, La Voz is short for La Voz. Get it. 
right. His name and it would was... be kind of like like saying like leaving out the s very um with that's like a Cuban or Puerto Rican uh, well, well, uh, kind of when they say something. Mm -hmm. They were trying to get an, uh, a stage name for him because his name was Perez Hector Perez. His name was Hector Perez. They're like okay. that's too that's too plain. So right. he was the voice. So the voice in Spanish is la voz. Get it. So they put la and vo as a la Hector lavo. Yeah. So that's where that. So it was actually his last name was a a made up name. Okay. Okay. Like like Freddie Fender. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know his son very well. Here's very cool. a these yeah. shoes. He has a Puerto Rican. Doesn't he not? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's, let's English, I once met a man with a sense of adventure. He was dressed as real. Wherever he went, he said, Let's make love on a mountain top. Under the stars of a big hard rock. I said, en estos zapatos. That's the new oh, episode. that's fantastic. Bravo, bravo. Uh, very masterfully done. Thank you. Um, you guys, uh, Tachita Lopez with us here. Um, and pretty, uh, um, yeah, I'm taking it back. Um, just, just wonderful to have you on our show, Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. Um, there's just so much to talk about. I want to hear about uh, the movie, speaking of movies, El Cantante, La, La Juana. Um, I want to hear all about it. Um, you know, what was it like to play? How did you flesh out this character? Is this character about you? Who wrote it? Everything. I want to know everything. Well, La Juana actually is a fictional character. Okay. And um, uh, I was actually approached by um, a friend of mine who is an actress, a professional actress. She approached me back in um, June and she says to Cheetah, they um, want me to do, they asked me if I would audition for this movie. It's called La Juana. It's possibly going to be on HBO. Uh, Anand Yanmel is um, the director and Via Bia also a director. They did some short films and um, they're going to have the, the, the crew that also was on the Selena Netflix series and the Gente Fight series. They're the ones who are going to be helping along with it. She says, do you want to audition? I started laughing. I said, girl, I'm not an actress. I have no formal training. I, I, I don't know anything about this or that. She goes, honey, you've been doing music for so many years. You are an actress. You put on a show every single time, whether you're sad, you're sick. And I thought, Michael, but if you read the script, you'd be perfect. So I read the script. And it was like the last day before anybody turned in their audition tapes because they wanted you to read the script, get a phone and read it. And then they would decide who they're going to bring in. So I had my friend 
uh, Olga put up the camera and I said, okay, here, you know, I got dressed up and, you know, I know how to edit and stuff. So I edited a, a little scene for them, you know, and I said, I'm not going to get it. You know, there's too many professional actresses out there. But out of 80, they picked 50. I was one of those 50. And then those from 50, they picked eight. And I'm like, what the heck? And then from eight, they picked two. I was one of those. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. So when I walked into the interview down in downtown L.A., I saw the other girl uh, that they had picked before me. And <laughs> me being a very honest person, I walked in. I said, is that the other girl that was against me? And they said, yeah, I go, well, she's pretty mousy. So um, I don't know. I, and, and they started laughing. And I go, uh, if you're looking for a, a role, you don't want a, a soccer mom looking kind of girl. And they started laughing. And I, I, they gave me, uh, they said, well, I, we want you to pretend this, this, and this. I said, Sonny, honey, I don't have to pretend. I go, that was my life. I go, matter of fact, I would swear that this, this, uh, this role of La Juana was me in my 20s and my 30s, you know, trying to struggle with the music and trying to be the best that I could and stuff. And, uh, you know, because there was no 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 lie, you know, in my 20s and 30s, I did drink. Um, you know, I dabbled into smoking, not marijuana, because I never handled that cigarettes. And uh, no. so um, depressed because, you know, I always wanted to do music. Nobody would ever take me seriously, you know. Yeah. Uh, but now at my age, I realize it was not, they didn't take me seriously. I was just with the wrong crowd, you know? So right. La Juana is, was a pretty much a part of, uh, was a part of my life. That's one of the reasons I got this role with La Juana. La Juana, the movie is about um, an old has-been singer in her 60s. And uh, she used to be really famous, uh, singing nightclubs and, and cabarets. And then uh, she, she drinks so much and smokes so much now. She drinks mezcal every day. She's delusional. Wow. She's depressed. Um, and um, it goes through uh, scenes of her life, how she gets up, you know, uh, hungover. And she hallucinates lovers in her bed and things like that. So it's a, it's a very powerful story um, of a struggle of a Latin singer. That's fantastic. And um, so, you know, to Cheetah, let's see, uh, uh, you know, how long, how many, how many times have you been married? I've been married four times. Four times. Okay. Any uh -huh. children? Do you have kids? Yeah. I only have one child. My, uh, my son, Rishan, um, he's a very sex successful, uh, Tattooist, he has his own big shop over by Yosemite National Park. It's called Deadwood Tattoo. Mm -hmm. He's been he's been featured in a few magazines himself. And um, uh, we, I had my child with my first husband. I was married for a year, and then uh, I was single after that for uh, ten years. And then I remarried my second husband, Gary, and we were married for two years. That um, marriage also ended up because of um of his insecurities also me being a singer and then right. um then i thought on the third time around i was single for seven years after that and um i married my bass player well that lasted for six months that was a mistake <laughs> and then um i i got signed to sony music 
it was in 2003. It was after um, my my marriage with my third husband. And um, the guy that was going to sign me to Sony, him, uh, his name is uh, Elliot Mills, him, Tommy Matola, and Anna Rivera White of Sony Music, they all got laid off. And wow. uh, um, yeah, right when I was going to sign, that's when uh, around when, uh, what is it, the Beyonce, um, what was that? They were in, what was it? Uh, yeah, the Destiny, Destiny's the, Child. Destiny's Child. Um, Jessica Simpson, um, right. uh, uh, another a girl at that time too. Christina, uh, Christina uh, yeah, all of them. And, um, I was there, uh, actually at the time when Tommy had left Mariah and putting Mariah through all that bullshit. So yeah. when all that shit happened with Sony, um, I kind of got left on the sidelines and with yeah. Apple with Apple brother records. And, um, uh, to say the least, I, um, was very controlling. Um, it was, uh, uh, the owner of Apple brother records wanted to put his name on the title of my home. And, uh, he, uh, he paid for all my bills. Uh, and, uh, but again, he was a very controlling person. So to, needless to say, I left, I, I left New York and I came back. I had my own home in, in San Diego and I came back right. and uh, I decided not to pursue that. And I decided to pursue it on my own, make my own record label and be my own independent contractor. And um, okay. that's when I met Jesse Johnson of More Stay in the Time, the Commodores. Um, I met Janice Marie of Taste of Honey, Paris Escovito. Um, then I met uh, Ray Carrion of the Latin All Stars. And then, uh, then of course, Tierra, the guys from Malo, El Chicano, the Dramatics, the Midnighters. So, you know, they all embraced me knowing my story. So uh, that's yeah. when I got to know all these people. And then um, I um, I said, well, shit, since I know so much about the music industry, I joined the uh, Recording Academy and uh, I became a Grammy voting member for the American and Latin Grammy Association. So I'm a part of NARS and LARS. So Very I became cool. a, a voting member. Wow. And and well, did you meet, as you said, the Escobedo family? As Sheila E is, a lot of people don't realize Sheila E is, um, is uh, E is short for Escobedo, right? For the Pete Escobedo family, huh? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. What yeah. she like? She was uh, pretty you monumental, really want, kind of. Yeah. You really, you really want to know that one? Yes. <laughs> 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 yes, we do. <laughs> that should say enough. <laughs> I'll put it this way. I've only met her once. And um, and again, her her cousin, her cousin, uh, Paris Escovedo, is the son of the well-known Coke Escovedo, who was right. the, uh, yeah, who was a percussionist for Santana. Uh, right. And of course, he's he was no longer with Santana for, um, uh, you know, for their for their reasons. Uh, again, I don't like to I don't like I can't I don't like to to say why. Of course, there's rumors why he sure. left. Is it real? I that I don't know. The only one that Is would that know that would be Santana and Coque Escovedo. You know. Now that's Richie's, Nicole Richie's uncle, right, or father? No, 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 no. Uh, 
Nicole Ritchie um, actually is Peter Michael's uh, daughter. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And was, actually, it's yeah. not something, it's, it's publicly, it's publicly there. When uh, apparently Peter Michael, apparently he, um, which is Peter Michael is, uh, is Pete Escovedo's, uh, Escovedo's uh, son. Uh, right. Apparently he, he got some chick pregnant, some girl pregnant. And um, uh, they all were touring at that time with uh, Lionel Richie and Lionel Richie and his wife wanted to have a child. And uh, for whatever reason they couldn't have, I'm not going to say why they couldn't or why they didn't. Sure. And um, they they chose to adopt um, the ch child, which was Nicole Nicole, which they made him her Nicole Richie. So Nicole Richie is an Escovedo. She is an Escovedo. That's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah. she only looks she only looks like them, you know. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's an Escovedo. So, um, but you... uh, I've never met Peter. I met Juan. Juan Escovedo. Matter of fact, I took Juan and uh, Pete Escovedo on tour with me. Uh, we were on tour in uh, Denver, Colorado. I took Paris Escovedo with me. Um, uh, so it was Paris, um, um, Pete, and Juan. We all went together. We went to uh, Denver, Colorado, Aurora, Colorado, and Pueblo, Colorado. And uh, that was a really nice uh, little tour that we did of, Col of Colorado. But um, but it was uh, the pioneer of everything was um, Paris's father, Coke Escovido. And, um, you know, he's the one that opened the doors for Pete. And Pete turned around, opened the doors for his daughter, Sheila, and his son, Juan, and Peter, um, and, um, and Renee. He opened the doors right. and that's how they got into the scene because of Coke. And, um, right. you know, Paris is, you know, still paving his, his, his way. Um, but like I said, as for Sheila, um, uh, all right. I can say is she's a pill. That's it. Right. And it's Coke Escobedo for the record guys, not cocaine. It wasn't because of Coke, Coke Escobedo, the person, the artist. Um, yeah. yeah, I have a question. Did you meet, did you meet Prince? You know, I was actually on the verge of meeting Prince. Um, my producer of the Abrazame album is uh, Jesse Johnson of Morris Day in the Time. And uh, he produced the Abrazame album. I was actually in the studio with them, uh, with Jesse Johnson, when they were trying to negotiate um uh, something for Jesse to go on tour with Sheila and Prince at that time. And um, that, that never happened. Uh, 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 and uh, because at that time, Jesse was also working with uh, uh, Morris Day. They were going to come out with um, an album called the original seven that also never happened. And again, for their, for unknown reasons, you know, that was their business, but um um, my plan, of course, if if Jesse would have did that with Prince, I would my my plans were to miss meet Prince and possibly do something, but that obviously never happened. He uh, right, right, died. That's pretty amazing. That. I mean, you have you have lived through a few um, decades, and you're wise beyond your years, young lady. Um, 
to Cheetah, you've done uh, quite a remarkable job and, and left a nice little uh, print in the music um, scene and you continue to make uh, great music. And I want to hear about, I know you have a new um, album or an album you've written not, not too long ago, right? Um, the last full album I did, but unbe uh, believe it or not, was done back in 2015. And okay. that, uh, and I've done singles after that, and that was right. produced by Rudy Salas of Tierra and his son, David Salas. They're the ones that produced that album together. Um, it was actually supposed to be meant just um, uh, as a promotional CD to give to uh, DJs and, uh, and, and promoters so I can get gigs, but it actually um, blew up a little further than that. And, um, you know, now it's, um, it, you know, it's all over it's everywhere. You can actually hear that album. Uh, I can't even tell you where you cannot. You know, iTunes, <laughs> Spotify, Apple, TikTok. I didn't even know I was on TikTok. I put my name on TikTok and all my music comes out. I'm like, oh, okay. People can pretend they're singing to me, you know. There and you um, so that was the last one. And then, of course, uh, with uh, the Abrasame album. Matter of fact, when I did the Abrasame album, actually me and Chaka Khan were in the studio at the same time. She came out with uh, Funk This, her album Funk This. Um, yeah. She was working with her and me at the same time. That's pretty amazing. Wow. So you have some emblematic moments and stuff. What stands out out of like, what is the craziest um, uh, party you went to or uh, where, where there was people there around you that you could say, oh my God, I, I remember these artists being around and it was, it was like I had a pinch myself moment, you know? Oh, pinch myself moment. Kind. Um, the craziest party and people are the par uh, parliament. <laughs> <laughs> George Clinton, parliament. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, I'll put it this way. They're the ones, they're the reasons why I don't drink anymore. <laughs> uh, all the, all the stories that you hear about the smoking and the drinking, oh goodness, they're not even close to a lie. Cause, uh, you know, that's the way they roll. That's, the, that's the way they roll. It's no secret. Nobody's, behind, nobody's back. It, it's just the way they roll. They're a wonderful, yeah. beautiful, uh, collaboration of different types of people in uh, and they had they have a big entourage you know and um, I had the uh, I had the honor of hanging out with uh, Bootsy Collins and George Clinton and uh, Steve Boyd which is lead singer of uh, of you know of Parliament and uh, you know I was in Las Vegas with them partied at their house partied in their in their uh, their mobile trailer their you know and uh, I remember when I first stepped in there, I'm like, oh, my God, where are the people? They had all this smoke everywhere, you know. Wow. <laughs> so, but uh, that was um, that you're was like. You're in a daze, girl. That's <laughs> video you walked in. Yeah, You're exactly. like, where am I? <laughs> Twilight and, Zone. I mm, Go ahead. And then um, um, moving forward a few years, um, I was introduced uh, by my friend, um, Lisa Haysha. Lisa Haysha is the wife um, of the gentleman that created um, uh, Two and a Half Men in the 70s show. Okay. And uh, uh, she introduced me to Romano Calizales. Um, Romano Canizales, um was 
Tommy Matola's right hand man, and uh, also uh, Mark Anthony, uh, right hand man. Um, Romo Canizares was Celia Cruz's godson. And oh, wow. uh, I got introduced to him in 2000. Actually, I had met him in 2018. Uh, and I was in, he, he became my publicist um, in 2019. And um, unfortunately, COVID took him in 2020. So I'm so sorry to hear that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. It was, uh, it's been, it's been a, a pretty tough two years. And, um, you know, the music scene's been quiet, but a lot of people have been working. Were you, Speaking of COVID, like, were you working actively, like, your uh, creative juices flowing through the pandemic and, you know? Yeah, matter of fact, uh, that was one of, that's, that was another reason why I got this movie part, because I, I couldn't keep still and just not do anything. So I created my own online show um, uh, called Hollywood in the Park. And, okay. uh, if, uh, and then it got picked up by Sparks TV. Uh, if you go to your Roku channel uh, and you put you put up Sparks TV, S-P-A-R-K-X TV, um, uh, you can find my show Hollywood in the Park. We're in the middle of season two right now. So I created all that from my own home. Amazing. I uh, brought in Bravo. a camera guy. Uh, they um, filmed it. I, I brought in... Um, I interviewed uh, a few people. I interviewed uh, Lou Pizarro of Operation Repo. I interviewed well, I know you. Uh, I, yeah. the, one of the uh, Jimmy Jimmy uh, Spinoza, the uh, the Midnighters. Um, sure. Yeah. So I interviewed quite a few quite a few people on season one. You know, some of them were were famous. Some of them were regular people. Uh, we talked about immigration and health and and things like that. So. Um, I did that. And then after that, I came out with a cooking show called Mixing in the Kitchen. Really? Mm -hmm. That's so Mixing cool. in the Kitchen, which I just had a meeting the other day. They want me to to bring on some other chefs. So um, uh, I'm in the middle of doing that. So that's what I did. I um, I learned how to do editing, film editing myself. Uh, I had nothing else better to do. So I want to learn how to do that is like, what would you suggest for someone that wants to start just go on YouTube and look at the tutorials and that sort of thing? Or where do I what, start? You know oh, the thing is, you can look at all the tutorials. Well, yeah, first of all, look at the tutorial. So like that, you know, what something really looks good. The, 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 the beginning, getting get some really great cameras doesn't have to be expensive. I use Canon cameras. And um, I, I use three of them. I set them up so I have different angles. We start them all at the same time, and yeah. um, and then I put them into an, uh, a very simple editing software. It's called Wondershare. Wondershare. Oh, okay, Wondershare. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I ran across it at some point. Yeah, and go on to YouTube. Okay. And YouTube will show you how to uh, to use Wondershare. And okay. you can literally create all your own um, stuff. I'm hearing a feedback. Yeah, suddenly uh, we, I don't know, I mean, it must be a ghost. Occasionally I have a ghost that will come through and <laughs> oh, okay. oh, try, to, okay. try to say hello. 
Hi there, Mr. Ghost <laughs> or Miss. Um, yeah, and okay, so YouTube is a way to start. Um, I yeah, I'm gonna look into that, and then you're saying Wondershare. Yeah, um, Wondershare, and it's a free download. You can get a free download, or you can pay for the higher uh, editing. Mm -hmm. you can learn how to so, use it. This is a good segue to get your um your social media handles and, and, and where we can find all your stuff. So why don't we go ahead and start with that, like Instagram, Facebook. You mentioned the Sparks TV, uh, everything. That way people can can totally um look for your music and that, you know, keep uh, up to date with you. <laughs> what the big task is making sure to spell my name correctly. And... My name is spelled just like the cat, Cheetah, which is C-H-E-E-T-A-H, -E -E with a T-E in front of it. T is in Tom, E is in Edward. So it's we're, it's pronounced T-Cheetah, right? T-Cheetah. So if you get T-Cheetah Lopez, that's all you have to write is T-Cheetah Lopez. And you will find all my music, all my life, all my videos. You'll find my, my uh, TikTok, my, which I just started doing the TikTok. Um, um, the, the, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Apple music, um, Amazon. I also have my own Amazon page. So when you go purchase Amazon, put Hollywood in the park, Amazon, I, uh, right. I I'm an influencer through Amazon. So, cool. yeah. So, um, so you can find out anything and everything about my life there. Very cool. I'm I'm totally like I'm just blown away by all the stuff you've done. You inspired me. And um, let me ask you this. Um, you know, if you could collaborate going back into time, who would would you have collaborated with? It would have been Celia Cruz or who in the past, you know, would you have been able in the salsa world anyway? Um <laughs> would you like to Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony. Oh, you can still do that. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I matter of fact, that's what my goal is. My next goal. And I've almost reached every I've almost reached every goal. Um, and like I always tell people and anybody that's listening to this interview, if you're a recording artist that wants to get out there, um, do not spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars going to a producer and having them talk you into spending $10,000 to record a song because it's bullshit. That's number one. Number two, in this industry, it's who you know. Okay. And even at that, it, regardless of who you know, you may get submitted for a Grammy, right? But doesn't mean you're going to get a nomination. Um, and, and that's the only part I don't like about the Recording Academy industry um uh is that you can be submitted for a grammy um but we're talking about a whole bunch of people being submitted and in our reality the people that get um you know when have you ever watched the grammys i i used to many years ago i haven't as of late like the last couple years i haven't to tell you the truth um no, I haven't. But yeah, I, I'm familiar very well how it goes. I used to be a limo driver, you know, as you know, Juicy Divas Confessions of a Limo Driver. So I drove a lot of people to the Grammys. I went to a lot of Grammy after parties. And um, yeah. Well, the but, top of your head, how many how many categories are on the Grammys? 
the top of the head. Oh, you got me there. Uh, I don't know. There's probably like five or seven, maybe. So we five or seven categories, and then they pick the winners, right? In that in I that hour so. and a half. Yeah. Okay. So just to let you know, there are eighty nine categories. <laughs> are you for real? Like, oh my god. Okay. No, no, no. That's, no we're not yeah. done. So out of eighty nine categories. There in each category, there are fields, F-I-E-L-D-S. And every field, like for example, you have R&B. And each, and each field, R&B soul, R&B this, R&B that. So in each field, it's a field number one, R&B. There can be up to five to 10,000 entries in each field. Holy mother of God, that's crazy, girl. No, it's, it's freaking crazy. So we're just talking about out of 89 categories, category number one, there is field R&B, five to 10,000 entries. Holy shit, that's crazy. So that's for me, for us as a voting member to actually listen. So if we added that up at the top of your head, I don't have a calculator here. If you have, oh, let's say for example, I have to, I just found a calculator. So I just, I'm, I'm doing this for a reason for the for the artists that are out there, okay? That are going yeah. out there and spending all this bullshit money. And this take is coming from, notes. yeah, take some, take some notes here. So if you have 89 categories and say in category number one, you're gonna put your R&B song in there and you have say 10,000, entries in in uh category number one but in r&b altogether you have like about i don't know about um i think there's realistic eight so we're talking about eighty thousand entries just in the r&b wow okay wow. times times that so that's that's uh times eight times 89 say if there's that many feels in each one. So we're talking about 7,120,000 entries. Wow, it's hard, to, it's hard to wrap your mind around that. And so what I'm saying, obviously, they cut it off at a certain point. I was just that's an right. exaggeration. But what I'm saying to you is if you're in R&B, and you don't know and you're not paying buco bucks for a big promoter, I mean, big publicist to literally say, hey, this is the artist, you know, um, that's why you see the same artist on stage every year. Yeah, because yeah, for sure. Those record labels are the ones that are the sponsors and supporters of the exactly. Yeah. So if you have 89 categories and you only have eight categories on stage, then what happened to the other 80 categories? Well, the real Grammy, sweetie, happens at 12 noon. That is not televised. That's so true. That is that is a fact. I heard that somewhere in um, um, at some interview, uh, you know, no, no, it wasn't an interview. It was like a reality show. And they were talking about, I forget if it was the black eyed peas or one of the bands. And then they were talking about how they had gotten it, but, but, but it wasn't televised. And I thought, oh, wow. You know, yeah. I wonder so, if, like a lot so, of people already get them earlier. 
Yeah, so the people that are on TV, those are sponsored by the big, big record labels, and those are their artists in which they have put in millions of dollars. And those right. that's why those people are on stage. And every now and then you'll have like, you'll look at somebody like, who's that? They have to put in somebody different up there. That's yeah. very yeah. rare, very rare. But you see, yeah. you don't see Britney up there no more. You don't see Christina Aguilera up there. You don't see Gloria Estefan up there anymore. There's a lot of people you don't see anymore because, um, you know, of course, they have to change it up a little bit. But yeah. um we're talking about 80 categories of other Grammy nominated and winners that nobody even knows about, you know? Wow. So is, is there a chance that you can win a Grammy? Yeah. Is there a chance that you can be on stage? Yeah. Um, but I always, tell people, <laughs> yeah, I always tell people where if you're going to spend your money, where should you spend your money? I think, in, I mean, if you had to ask me that question, obviously it's a rhetorical question, but I think uh, you would most likely spend it in, in um, you know, like um, your craft, you know, like singing, your voice lessons and nope. getting mm -hmm. better and better, maybe? Nope, not even that. Because we're talking about a lot of horrible singers out there that have been nominated uh, you spend your money in marketing. That's where you spend marketing. it. Yeah, you spend yeah. your money. You you find out how you can make a song and yeah. you could make it go viral. Right. If you if you if you have ten thousand dollars, <laughs> I would suggest that you go find um go research. An <laughs> exactly. You find the best influencers that have the biggest pages and say, here, I got this much money. Here's my song. Can you put it out there and try to make it go viral? Give it to about 10 people and have yeah. those people make your song. And when it goes viral and when enough people know who you are, then at that time, the bigger record labels will say, wait, oh my God, this person has 8 million billion followers. And then obviously they're going to be knocking at your door because they see dollar okay. signs and money. And now they want to invest in you because they know they're going to get their money back. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, I mean, a lot of it is based on, on, um, on perspective, like how they see you. So you're rolling around with this person's throwing your name. It's just, you know, throwing it out there loosely. It means you're in with the with the right people. They they make it look cool. So it must be cool. So then I must, you know, and it kind of sort of snowballs from there. And then the bigger people start looking at it and actually paying attention to you. Well, yeah, because nobody's going to invest in anybody that doesn't have a following already. Just like Justin Bieber. How did Justin Bieber come out? Justin Bieber already had a following. He had he had yeah. millions of people following him already. That's when he got picked up because they saw dollar signs. It's, it's like movies, like acting. It's the same thing. Like if you're not a, a bankable actor, they're not going to hire you on for any. You can go audition to lots of films. And unless you look like the person they're trying to embody, like, say, an artist that died, you look just like that artist. They're not going to. Uh, uh, it's 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 a, like a slim slim chance like for example you it's almost like they wrote that and it was just 
manifestation, how everything came to be, and you were just right for the part. But uh, aside of that, it's not like very um, easy. So a lot of times what people do is we create our own stuff and then we do exactly what you said and try to market it, try to get somebody with a bit of a of clout in it or that kind of thing and 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 then get it out there more and more in the in the film um, uh, festivals and that sort of thing so the circuit so so that little by little it gets out you know your name starts um being thrown around but otherwise um it's it's very very unlikely that they're just gonna say well let's get this guy in the movie with these a-listers uh, uh, a and 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 just because we feel like it doesn't really always happen you know no, and it doesn't. Just like a song, just like being an actress, you you literally have to look, have a part, uh, and, and and always remember. You and the look doesn't mean being a size three, perfect skin. Nowadays, right. the most famous people or the people uh, that are are most out there are the ones that look like everybody else. Because if sure. you have one person that looks like billions of people. They're like, wow, if that person could do it, I could do it, right? They're going to, people like watching actors and singers that identify, they, they can identify right. with, right? right? No, totally, totally. Yeah, totally. so. Uh, Tachita, we're, it's crazy, but we're all out of time. I don't know where time went, but we have spent mm -hmm. a good 52 minutes and a half, believe it or not, yeah. setting a bit of a record here. Um, you know, speaking of music record, um, <laughs> uh I am totally uh, just, it's it's nuts to have you on and for you to be talking and, and giving advice to maybe new up and coming artists to me as it's it's really a treat. And thank you for gracing us um, with your presence, um, even if it's virtually. May God bless you always and um, stay connected. Um, and yeah, let's, let's do this again. What do you think? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, after the movie comes out, um, again, watch out for La Juana. And okay. uh, La Juana, you can, uh, there's a little trailer on, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Vevmo or Vimo, I think it is. Oh, yeah, Vivo, Vivo. Vivo, yeah, you can watch it on there, La Juana. Yeah. Um, La Juana. Make, make sure everybody, if you're on there, please follow me on TikTok or your Instagram. Again, in TikTok and Instagram, I definitely need to work up my TikTok account account so yeah, we're definitely um, gonna start the campaign and uh and make sure that that you know people uh you know for sure yeah we'll we'll put your information out there and then i'll anything you do uh, i'll help you promote it on my story and you know like that's together we fly better you know we'll soar higher exactly. um right so thanks so much again once again to cheetah lopez and you have been tuning in to Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. Until next time, goodbye. Bye, Tachita. Bye, honey.